0: Hi, you're listening to The Retail Perch with Shaker Raman and Gary Hawkins.
1: We're going to discuss industry challenges and opportunities in grocery retail, AI, current and upcoming trends, and so much more.
0: Welcome you again to the third episode of The Retail Perch. And today we happen to have a special guest with us talking to us about some of the challenges that retailers are facing. But before we get into that, I just want to give a quick recap. I know last episode, we looked at retail marketing. Gary, of course, gave us a fantastic recap of the history of loyalty marketing. And we talked about where things are going in the next few years and some of the challenges that retailers may have. Today, we're going to be focusing on some of the challenges they may have from adopting some of these technologies, given their current state. Gary, you know, I think you and I, we've had several conversations in the past about some of these challenges. What do you think? Are you know are these across the board, or are they specifically for small retailers, large retailers? What do you think?
1: Certainly, retailers do face some challenges here, and it is across the board. Now, we may see different challenges across smaller retailers as opposed to larger retailers, but nobody gets away unscathed here. Everybody's got some issues that we're finding, and that's what I think we can dig into today that I think is going to be helpful for our listeners.
0: While we deploy at retailers at Birdseye, we've seen all kinds of situations. I think, you know, when you think about the big picture and a technology going live at a retailer, it's all very exciting, but the devil is truly in the details. And we've seen issues starting from non-standard product data, to disparate data silos, being able to bring them together, disparate solutions and systems that we have to integrate with. And how do you think, Gary, that people are addressing this? I mean, from a retailer's standpoint, what's your take on that?
1: I think what I'm seeing is retailers are gaining understanding of some of these challenges. They're gaining understanding of the importance of their data and are working to get some of these issues cleaned up. But there's a lot of work to do, as we well know. This could be an opportune time to bring in our guests today to uh, explore some of these issues.
0: Mary, if you can tell our listeners a little bit about your background, how did you wind up in retail, and why don't we start there?
2: So thank you both so much for inviting me here today. Again, my name is Mary Simone, and I have been around the retail industry, serving vendors mainly, software vendors, for the last 25 years. And I have had the benefit of working with Gary before, and Shaker, I've had the opportunity to work with you before. Uh, How did I get into this? I don't know. I was an English major in college, very proud of it. But honestly, technology was in its infancy. And when I say technology, I mean accessible technology that normal people could get their hands on. It was in its infancy when I started in this space. And I had the good fortune of working with probably truly the first technology company that empowered retailers to work with their own data and so it was a tremendous opportunity to learn not only about technology back in the days when you had dot matrix printers and 286 hard drives and you know gigabyte was unimaginable but also to work with retailers and really get to appreciate how good these people are how smart these people are and the entire industry which is very different and unique compared to other retail sectors so it's been a great experience
0: So Mary, you primarily work in technology companies. You
2: weren't a retailer,
0: right? You were more a solution provider. Yeah, I've never
2: been a retailer and believe me, that matters, but I have some really good retailer friends. I have worked predominantly as a product management person, but more of a business consultant working between the technology company and the retailer. And I usually have a good ability to sort of translate needs. I've also worked with brands quite extensively. And have over time attempted to do things to bring the industry together, to modernize and move retailers forward. And the topic you have today about challenges, always a center point of any effort to try to move things forward.
1: I think what's really pertinent here with Mary's background and experience is much of her experience has been spent around the space that the bird's eye works in, mm-hmm. right? Not just retail technology, in particular, shopper facing or leveraging customer data, shopper data, through the retail operation is where Mary has spent a good deal of her time over the years. And I think really pertinent to what we're talking about here, what Birdseye is doing, and I think well positioned to understand what some of the challenges are.
2: My expertise really is more around shopper marketing or personalization, leveraging the point of sale data to understand the shopper and thereby serve them better. I guess it's ironic, I'm not sure, but the, the retailers and grocery were really the vanguard of this. They were the ones that first understood that they could understand behavior through what you buy. And they were the ones that really pushed forward with the loyalty card approach, which was initially the only way you could really capture that kind of information. I say it's ironic because at the same time, those retailers are famously operating on very thin margins. If a technology works, they see no reason to replace it. And the data we're talking about here is what big data was before it was called big data. It's all about the details, like you said. So it's the point of sale data down to the UPC level. It's the customer and all of their stated likes and dislikes, who they're married to, where they live, how far they are. And so The systems that initially came out and some retailers, they're still using those same systems. And we're talking about 25 years ago. And so that is a challenge is that they've had systems that have served them well in a way, but the human being has moved along. And so communication is now no longer just on print or on the old fashioned telephone. It's digital, it's everywhere, it's 24 seven. And the the amount of data that can be collected out of that is enormous. And that's a great opportunity. But how do you bring that together? Like you said, there's data silos. And then on the flip side, privacy has become a greater issue. So how do you get that same opportunity to communicate in a personalized way with your customer and to improve the relationship and give them what they want, but at the same time, respect and honor their privacy? That's a challenge that also exists.
0: So Mary, you've seen the challenges kind of change over time? Are they different types or just the scale has increased? What do you see?
2: That's a good question. I think they've changed in some respects and some things have stayed the same. One of the things that has changed is that I've noticed in the last 20, 15 years, I'd say there's been more outsiders, people that are not retailers that didn't grow up in retail, they came in because they had a strong business background, a completely unrelated space. Now, these days, you see it's more of a technological bent, but not necessarily experienced in retail. And that presents opportunities, but it also presents challenges. You really do need to understand this space to be able to effectively work in it. And so sometimes I do see these people come in as gangbusters, and they've got great ideas, but they work in soft goods, not in grocery. So... Seen that challenge the other challenge is the data silo thing I would say that's more what you described as being exacerbated or you know it's almost becoming every year it seems there's a new way to communicate and yet when e-marketing or whatever they called it originally like electronic marketing I think they called it first came out they treated that retailers typically treated that as a separate practice and so if e-commerce grew up in that retail, it grew up almost with its own p completely separate organization. I think a lot of retailers have remedied that, but a lot haven't, because that's not just a matter of flipping a switch. You've got hierarchies that were different. You've got the underlying data could not be brought together. So that's pretty problematic. When you're dealing with any kind of legacy system, it's a challenge. But today, now you have retailers that are still not connected truly between their point of sale and their e-commerce, and then you add to that the necessity of social, so they go out and they do social, but it's not connected to anything else, or they will do a mobile app, and sometimes the mobile app is homegrown, and sometimes it is bought from a provider that ends up going out of business in a year or two. It's challenging. It's hard. I'm empathetic to their challenges, you know, we're clearly at a point, I think Gary called it like the inflection point. We're clearly at that point where these things are converging together, and it's a time to act.
0: So you have data challenges, you have business process challenges, and then you have integration challenges, if I could kind of bucket them in those yep. three separate areas, right? Gary, you've been a retailer, so you kind of understand. Do you think any of these specific categories are more important at this point? It seems to me that the data challenge is more fundamental. If you really don't have good data, it really doesn't matter how smooth your integrations are or your business process are, you really can't do anything.
1: I completely agree with you, Shaker. I think the data issue is foundational, right? Without good, clean data and accessible data that can be made available as needed, in today's world, that means real time, you're going nowhere. That is something that, at least from my perspective, I still see retailers of all sizes grappling with, whether it's a single store, $10 million a year operator, or a $10 billion a year retailer there's data issues. And I think that is absolutely foundational and is the first piece that's got to be dealt with and addressed and, and solved. Then integrations, in my mind, are, you know, and you guys are the technology people here, you'll hate to hear me say this, but in some sense, straightforward. You know what has to be done, what's got to be connected to what, and make that happen. The next big challenge in my mind that is awaiting the retail industry is on the process side. It's integrating an entirely new way of going to market, an entirely new way of thinking about retail in a truly customer-first environment and having to transpose that on nearly a century's worth of product-driven mass marketing.
2: So one thing I wanna add to what Gary just said with regard to integration and implementation is that I do believe something that retailers could do today is make clear to their cohorts, their own institution on the technology side, why they're doing what they're doing. What is the big picture? How does this fit into the strategic landscape? Become more transparent about what your strategy is and make everybody a stakeholder in that. I think that would help because the IT organization to call it that has a thousand projects going on every week. And this is just another one. Timeliness is everything. Things are happening in minutes instead of months. And so delay can be fatal in in these instances. So I have been involved in many, many implementations where the contract was signed and it took much longer than it needed to because of other priorities taking over on the retail side. And so I think that if there was a way of generating the enthusiasm and showing the big picture and saying look this is how it fits in this is important to our long-term viability then maybe it would help to accelerate that project or put it on the top of the heap um, as opposed to low level of tactical issues really? no
0: great points Mary. and i think again i also want to remind listeners that if you have challenges that you think that you're facing that we're not discussing here or you know you can dm us at the retail person on instagram or send us an email Uh, the retail perch at birdseye.com and uh, Gary you were going to say something.
1: I think you both have got different backgrounds and experience here. I'm curious to ask each of you, Shaker, Birdseye team has been dealing with issues, challenges that you see the retailers having firsthand for for some time now. What would you identify as say the top one or two data related challenges and Mary I'd be interested in, in your response to that same question.
0: Of course, there's a number of them, Gary. If you had to rank them and say what's the top two or three, I'd say product data and then proper standardized categorization of product data. I'd say those two are incredibly important because ultimately, if you want to leverage these platforms for machine learning or AI, they're all dependent on Properly labeled data making sure that we don't have any noise in that it goes a long way to making these models accurate. But for that matter any analysis, Gary, accurate so that would be what we've faced and we've, we've seen all kinds of there's a variation from retailer to retailer because very often what we see is data sets are coming out of legacy systems and each retailer has their own way of managing that legacy data the abbreviations are not standardized The categories are not standardized or they're poorly maintained and and all of that makes a huge difference. While you have really smart AI or machine learning platforms that can consume this data, a lot of energy is spent in just cleaning up and maintaining this data and bringing it into a state where it can be used effectively. With e-commerce growing so rapidly, I think retailers are starting to realize this. And obviously, they see that as a more pressing issue. So I see more effort being put into that. Obviously, your know, search is impacted by the quality of data. I feel that the industry is finally moving and I'm not sure if it's moving at a pace that I'm still happy with. I think that's a huge opportunity and it's something that retailers should really focus on.
2: So I do echo something that Shaker has said. And I guess what I would add to that is on the promotion side for something that is such a large marketing vehicle inside of retail, there is almost no history maintained at an adequate level to determine what works, what doesn't work, and also to be able to rationalize that against more targeted content. And so if there were any retailers listening today, I'd say start immediately. And every week, always, if you're gonna be dropping a weekly ad in your stores, there should be a record of that. What was the mechanic? What was the copy? What was the validation? What were the products? That's a real surprise to me. And as you probably both have seen, there's been a need to really kind of consolidate and make more intelligent targeting or promotion decisions as it pertains to the customer. Otherwise, they're just getting noise. You use the word noise. And and I think that's very true. To be able to figure out what that is, what that relevant content is, you need to be able to identify everything that you're promoting, whether it's on the shelf, whether it's standalone display, whether it's an end cap, whether it's a person coming in providing taste testing for an hour. There's a lot of content, but if all that were put aside and the only thing you focused on is managing your weekly ads so you knew what was on the front cover versus page three and what products it was good for and for how long and how much it was worth, that would go a long way towards helping clean that up. It's really attributes also, if you want to call it that. And I do want to reinforce what Shaker said about products. The products in this day and age, you know, there's the old saying of you are what you eat. Well, in, in the world that we live in, it's you are what you buy. And if what you buy isn't well described, even at the most basic fundamental level, like what size is it? Is it OZ or is it ounces? Is it who's the brand? Who's the manufacturer? Even that data I have seen poorly maintained. And it's not all on the retailer, the vendors could also help tremendously in that regard. And if there is an exchange going on, I would strongly encourage that they lean in a little bit more and add to that. But even to have that would help tremendously. Obviously there's other information that could be gleaned from what you buy, but that's an important starting point. So I would start with the fundamentals. Is your product data in good working order? Do you have a standard? for things like ounces and weights versus quantities? Do you have the brandy of the manufacturer? And do you have it properly assigned to a category or to a department? Those problems, I, I'm surprised to hear they're still existing. I remember back in the old days where you would see dog toys in the cereal department, you know, and nobody knew because nobody looked at, the idea of looking at data was, uh, you know, starts I think if somebody were to go
0: on Google and search for UPC database, you'd find 50 different sources, standard sources of being able to access this and none of them seem to agree in any any yeah. reasonable way. Although I do think that there's some kind of aggregation happening in the industry now, and I think as a move to having two or three major players where you can source this data. I think for a lot of entrepreneurs who are trying to get into this space, that's a big deterrent because they mm-hmm. come in and they see the quality of data and it's very difficult to really do anything. And even I remember, When we got started with bird's eye, this was one of our challenges, just getting access to good clean data sets to build something off of. It's very difficult or very expensive, right?
1: So I want to go back to one of the things Mary said though, that is frequently overlooked, but incredibly important as retailers continue down this path is maintaining some kind of of record of marketing or merchandising activity, right? I mean, we see from T-Logs from six months ago, a year ago, if a product was sold at something below the regular shelf price. What we don't see, and what Mary was alluding to, is what was the mechanism there, right? What was the vehicle there? Was Was it in the weekly ad? Was it front page? Was it buried inside? Was it a TPR? Was it some other promotion or deal going on? And that stuff becomes really, really important because we want to as much as we can link behavior or glean behavior from all this data. And that is a huge touch point that we need. I can remember years ago when we began creating management reports, looking at customer-based metrics every week, right? As part of our store operating reports, how many unique customers shopping each week, by the different segments we were using, rolling retention rates and so on we quickly saw that, gee, this was an important piece of the puzzle, and actually began creating sort of a stand database where we tried to capture what was going on each week. Did we have a mailer out, special coupons, weekly ad, any other events, so we could begin to connect those dots?
2: I can't overstress how important this is, because if there isn't an accurate portrayal of what's actually happening in and around the store at a given point in time, how can anybody claim that their program was the cause or their program was the success and any marketing services provider will absolutely stake their life on the fact that their offer or their display or their technology, you know, their digital media, whatever it is, is the cause. And it may be, but until you really have at least what you're doing nailed down, there's no way that that can be verified. The other thing is, is I was once consulting for a retailer and they wanted me to assess their targeting and their marketing. And I walked into the store and I kid you not, there was discount signs hanging off the ceiling, hanging off the shelves. There was floor graphics there. It was like an ADHD nightmare. And and I, I don't think that they even saw it anymore because it was so common to have it there that they didn't even see it. And I, as far as I understand, some of it was brought in by the DSD providers. And, and I, I'm not a knowledgeable person in that area, but some of those uh, shelf talkers and things were not necessarily being brought in by the retailer, but by their partners. It would be behoove the retailer. And I do think that while it's probably going to be a while before all retailers have computer visioning, it, it's not impossible to be able to periodically just walk through the aisles with your iPhone, just walk down the aisle and then just take note, even what category you're in and how many chef talkers there were, anything would be helpful. But if, as I said, if you just got rid of everything else and focused on one thing, I would nail down your promotions because that is going to be the greatest source of information and for redirection, hopefully towards more targeted and personalized content.
1: Yeah, well, and I think this challenge is is going to grow right, as retailers execute on more and more personalization, right, keeping track of the couple hundred items in a weekly ad is one thing, keeping track of hundreds of different products being promoted potentially at different prices to each individual customer is a whole different animal, and yet equally important, if not even more important, so that challenge is only going to grow. Shaker, let's shift back, though, to to something you started to touch on, though, too, is the importance of attributes and i think this applies to both products and shoppers because i am just shocked when i talk with retail executives and including some big name companies executives not understanding the role of all these minute attributes and why they are so important in being able to deliver on the promise of personalization and, and all this area that, w- that we're working in
0: yeah gary uh, great point i think th- there's two faces to this. One is of course the product attributes. I think product attributes are incredibly important because they help from an interface perspective. If you have an e-commerce site, I think users expect to be able to filter content data based on attributes, and they really want full control over that. And I think on the other side is the targeting side where you're maintaining customer attributes, right? Where you have some kind of centralized system, hopefully where you're maintaining customer data that's coming from different aspects, whether it's their information that they signed up with loyalty, or their purchase data, or any marketing communications that have been done with them, you know, how they responded, all of that really ideally should be sitting in some central place that can be leveraged by the systems, uh, whatever CRM solution you have, or other targeting systems that you have, it should all be deriving information from a central place. I see a lot of challenges there that retailers have in terms of maintaining that data. We see a lot of retailers that, you know, some part of that data is sitting in their loyalty platform. Some part is sitting on some CRM platform, maybe like Salesforce and a third piece is sitting with maybe the, some digital coupon platform. So bringing all this together to really effectively use that along with the product attribution. I mean, it's a massive challenge. It's easy for us to sit here and opine about all these things, but it's, it's another thing to, pull all these things together
2: well, no i i would agree with you but i think that's exactly where you need to elevate the the rationale behind needing to do it with all the stakeholders in order to get them motivated to do it because this is not the prettiest shiniest part of, of one's job but it's so fundamental it's it's like the wiring in your house if you skip over it and you put the walls up yes it's going to be harder but you know, the first time that you start to get a short in your wall or you have no power, you're, it matters enough to get it done. And so this is hugely important. And as you were talking, I think one of the shifts that's occurred faster on the consumer side than in the mindset of the retailer is the true omni-channel behavior of the shopper. I may do my research online, I may start buying, I may go to your website to see if you even carry it before I ever walk in the store and as this new bigger other population besides the baby boomers, millennials lift up, they're clearly a group that has become accustomed to being able to find very specific pieces of information that helps them live their lives. And so the more attributes you have about a product, the more descriptive you can make it, the easier it is for somebody to find. And I think retailers are excellent at being able to do store operation stuff, you know, having their aisles wide enough and having their displays properly laid out. Well, that has to extend to a virtual world. And the, the connection is those descriptors, it's those words that describe something. It's really important. And I would say it's probably more important now than it ever has been. And it allows people to buy the products that don't contain something or does contain something or fits within a certain dietary need or, you know, the box is disposable or not disposable. I don't know the word I'm looking for. Biodegradable. There you go. Biodegradable or it's locally sourced or it's organic or it's localized
0: mary i don't know if you agree with this but i think very often what's happened is a lot of retailers primarily because they're just challenged from operational perspective and resource perspective have handed off the problem of cleaning up the data and maintaining the data to some third-party vendor very often what happens is if i'm coming in and doing some work for a retailer i wind up cleaning it it's sitting clean in my system but that doesn't help the retailer for future projects so i mean this i really feel the retailers have to take ownership of this and they have to clean house internally, get their data in process, because that gives them the ability to work with multiple vendors and bring a lot of these technologies in-house and implement them faster, Gary.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, but without that foundation, you're right. I know some of the retailers I speak with, this is more, I guess, on the, the larger retailer side, are moving to some kind of PIM platform right a product information management platform where they're working to bring together and centralize in one platform all the product data so vendor case size and the growing number of attributes related to that is that something that you're seeing and this is a question you know I guess for both of you you're seeing more of do you think it's a direction that more retailers need to explore
2: I think it's very consistent with what we saw prior to that with customers. You know, there was a point at which the and the T-log and all the data around it, retailers deciding to really create their own internal warehouse with their own data model, all the conversions, all the additions, whatever transformations they need, needed to have take place, they would do it themselves. Sounds to me like a very consistent extension of that. I have not seen that in regional retailers purely because it's a project and and it requires focus and attention and resources. And so I think some sort of centralized counting, if you will, of every single product you have and everything about it is crucial. I would encourage it. I, I do wonder though, if in, in some instances, because at the same time that this is happening, where there's this explosion in technology and explosion in information about these products and about the people who buy them, there's a shrinking of viable resources, either that can be afforded or that are really suited to the cost. As I said, you, know, you end up with an IT department that is forever having to battle the point of sale systems down, the digital tags on the shelf are not working or whatever the emergency of the day is, or there's a hurricane coming or whatever versus these more strategic things. And so they, they take a long time is usually what I see. So I haven't seen any quick turnaround of these. They usually end up being like two year projects has been my experience in the past. Hopefully it'll be less now with all the technology that's available, but I think that would benefit them greatly. It would benefit their vendor partners like bird's eye greatly because you could get off the dime quicker because somebody has to do it. And if it's not going to be the retailer, it's going to be whoever their vendor partner is that's going to have to do it.
0: I think the danger with vendors doing it is it's gonna to get tougher for vendors to share that information uh, with other vendors as yep. easily as it would be if the retailer owned that platform and did it themselves, right? vendors may have their own custom format and in the way that they use it in their systems may not necessarily be easily exportable and integratable by other vendors. I mean, this is, I think, I think it's a great opportunity. I think, you know, it's as entrepreneurs listening out there and, and and they're wondering what they should do. I think this is a great problem to look at, to figure out how they can create some standardization in this data and how this data is managed. internally, of course, because of uh, no other option, Birdseye has been forced to build our own internal PIMs and CVPs and what have you. A lot of retailers have looked at us as being the centralized repository for this information. Yeah. But really, I think from an industry perspective, it's not advisable. I think it's really the retailer should own this because it gives them a lot of flexibility going forward.
1: Well, particularly bigger retailers that do have some resources to work with, uh, I completely exactly. agree. Shaker, you know, you called out three sort of buckets from you know, data quality to integration to, to business processes. That data quality is the foundational issue and the importance of having good data in place grows by the hour. The world of technology is moving at a faster and faster pace. Retailers that don't address this, if they have not already, retailers that fail to address this now and get their house in order are going to be increasingly unable to participate in more and more sophisticated capabilities in how they go to market.
0: I want to just remind listeners again, those of you who are joining us, thank you for spreading the word and getting more people on. We'd love to hear back from you guys, uh, get some feedback in terms of suggestions, questions, or if you think there are specific topics you want us to handle. We'd love to be able to talk about that, bring guests on here that can address that. Mary, do you have any things to say before we wrap up here?
2: I want to thank you both so much for having me and, you know, for the retailers out there, my heart's with you and we know you have a lot on your plate, but it's as important to us as it is to you that the regional retailers and the niche retailers stay in the game. And this is an important foundation to be able to do that. So this is all meant to be encouraging. And so thank you very much for having me.
0: Oh, it's been great having you. And Gary, any closing thoughts?
1: No, I appreciate Mary joining us today, and we'll look forward to having her back with us at uh, some point in the near future, because we touched on it a bit earlier. Another one of the challenges retailers face today is, is privacy and evolving privacy standards. That is a whole discussion unto itself. Mary, uh, again, has some experience there, so we'll look forward to having her back with us sometime in the near future.
0: Yeah, I know that's a topic that's very passionate to her, and she can't probably wait to get us to get back on the show to talk about that. But uh, we'll get there soon enough. But anyway, th- thank you so much for listening. Keep listening. Make sure to join us every Monday and connect with us at the Retail Perch on Instagram and Facebook.
1: And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at the Retail Perch at birdseye dot com. Until next time, this is Shaker. And this is Gary signing off.